All Christian ministries are to work toward advancing God's kingdom on earth. Right. But where does CMI fit into the body of Christ? What role does it play? Today on Creation Magazine Live. It's reasonable and logical to be a Christian, and we'll discuss yet another reason why on today's podcast. Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. My name is Calvin Smith. And I'm Richard Fangrad. And so today, we're going to talk about Creation Ministries and what our role is, really, in, in serving the body of Christ. Right, yeah, there are many different ministries out there, and they're, they're, they're doing a lot of good work, a lot of valuable work. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about the body of Christ, about, about Christians. He uses the analogy of a human body. He says, okay, well, and if you think about that, the hand can't do its work without the wrist, and the, and the muscles are connected to the skeleton to, to enable right. us to walk and, and write and jump and play and so on and the heart has blood vessels that pump nutrients throughout the body, that was the analogy there that's used. And all Christians play a role. We're not all hands, as Paul says, and so on. No individual can do everything, but together we can do the work that God has called the church to do. Right. Now, CMI, we're an information ministry. We're different than other ministries. We're an information ministry. We've got uh, this program, for example. We've got a website, 9,000 articles. Uh, we've got lots and lots of faith-building information for Christians with questions. Right. Resources, speakers, scientists, that's the way we get yes. information out there. Now, if we had a, like a theme verse... Uh, I guess we could, I don't know if this is our theme verse, but yeah, well, this, this we, we would don't, be a good one. But, but uh, here would be a good one. 2 Corinthians 10.5 uh, says this, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Well, the arguments and lofty opinions that CMI uh, tears down is the, the falsehood of evolution. Right. You know, this concept, of this, this false history, the millions of years that we evolved from a single-celled organism and stuff, it's false. It, it's wrong. It actually contradicts Scripture, and it leads many people away from the God of the Bible. That's right. So yeah. we want to tear that down. And, you know, the world's most famous atheist, Richard Dawkins, actually admitted that, that it leads people away from the gospel. And uh, he was interviewed by Howard Condor on Re Revelation TV, and here's what he said about that. And was there a particular point that, or something that you read or an experience you had that sort of said, yeah, this is it. God doesn't exist. Oh, well, by far the most important, I suppose, was understanding evolution. Um, I think the evangelical Christians have really sort of got it right in a way in seeing uh, evolution as the enemy, um, whereas the more, what should we say, sophisticated theologians who are quite happy to live with evolution, I think they're deluded. And I, think the, I think the evangelicals have got it right uh, in that there really is a deep incompatibility between evolution and Christianity, and I think I realized that at the age of about 16. Dawkins sees the incompatibility he does, here yeah. of, of, of evolution and, and, and what the Bible says, as most people do, and that actually pushed him away from the faith. Right, and it, it's a, we're, we're involved in a truth war. Right. This, is, this is two, the evolutionists believe they have truth, uh, but uh, there's a truth war, and that verse... That, that verse in 2 Corinthians 10.5 there, it talks about this from both a negative and a positive perspective. The negative perspective is that we destroy falsehoods, those arguments, those lofty opinions. We do that, and Christians have to do that, because if we don't, people will die believing those falsehoods. Exactly. It's, it's not a small point. Right. And that's one of our focuses as a ministry. But we don't stop there. The positive is 
we replace those falsehoods with truth. Right. As it says, we, we want to smash those ideologies and help people take every thought captive to Christ and train people how to do that, to think biblically in all areas, including geology, paleontology, and all those areas. Right. So there's, a, uh, I guess, a statement that would really sum this up, right? That's right. It's, it's what we see in God's Word. It agrees with what we see in God's world. There is no, uh, you know, discrepancy here. It, it's it, just interpret the information according to God's Word. It makes sense. It, it does. It's a great time to be a Christian. There's so much uh, out there that supports Christianity. It's a wonderful, uh, wonderful time to be a Christian. For more information, go to creation.com slash evidence mm-hmm. and see the evidence that supports Christianity. Yeah, as a ministry, we want to encourage Christians in their faith, right? We, we want to we want to exactly. build them up. Yeah. This is a positive yeah. message when you think about it. You can trust the Bible. That's the, that's the real positive message here. Yeah, now some creationists, and there's entire ministries out there that are church bashing ministries, it, it seems. Well, it, it, it sounds crazy, but sounds you, harsh, you have but this notion in a sense that it's the, true. the church is wrong, and the church does everything wrong. We need to do everything differently as a church, and, right. and the church is bad. We're the answer, and that, that kind of thing. And, <laughs> and uh, be very careful how you talk about the church. The church is described as the, the bride, bride of Christ. Christ. So the picture that we need to have is of a beautiful bride that maybe the, the, the garment is torn and we need to go in there and fix that tear and, and, and lift a stain or something. Uh, CMI's role, if we, if we look at the big picture of evangelism and missions, uh, we fit in in a particular area and there's this evangelism scale right. that, uh, that we see here. Yeah, they, they've broken it down um, you know, to different levels, I guess, or, or certain segments where we evangelize and, and, and witness to people, um, share the gospel. And the first one is, is uh, what they call e, uh, evangelism level zero, right? And that's evangelism amongst churchgoers, children of Christian parents. Uh, there, there's no real cultural barriers crossed here. I mean, when you think about it, the number one responsibility of every Christian parent is to evangelize their kids because right. no one's yeah, born a Christian. Sure. And so that would be the first level. Uh, the second level, number one, would be evangelism to non-Christians in the same culture. So again, not really any cultural barriers there. You usually speak the same language, etc. Level two would be evangelism to non-Christians in a slightly different culture. So, you know, maybe you would think about Canada and the U.S. or going to Australia or, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're a little know. different. They're a little different. Little, but A little. <laughs> and then level three would be evangelism to non-Christians in a very different culture. Let's say someone from Africa coming to Canada or someone from the U.S. going to uh, India or something like that. So a little different there. Right. Now, we pri- work primarily at the, uh, the, the, the E0 level, okay? So we're, we're helping Christians to have information so that they can uh, understand Genesis better, understand the Bible, that evolution doesn't fit with the Bible, how to counter those arguments, right. so you can teach your kids and train them up, because we know that many kids are losing their faith uh, you know, from Western yeah, world countries. Yeah, we want to build the church, right? Build, build believers so that they're, they're solid in their faith. Exactly. Now, how do we do that? How, how does that work? Yeah. Dr. Carl Wieland is sort of the grandfather of the ministry. He started Creation Magazine on his typewriter back in 1978. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we've got that first, that first edition copy there with just a staple in the corner. Yeah. But the, he wrote an article that really summarizes how we do this. It's called Linking and Feeding. Right. And you can read that article. I encourage you to do that at creation.com slash linking. And you can have a, have a look at that article. But basically it works this way. It starts with speakers. Most people first hear about creation ministries right. from a speaking event. A speaker comes to their church. Yeah, see yeah. my speaker. Okay, yeah. great. Some of those people will get interested, 
Right. They'll get resources and they'll share those resources, especially Creation Magazine in particular, right. and they'll share those uh, among among their family and friends. And that is that's that's the so a link has been made, and then we can begin to feed those people with information, info bites, and and right. everything else that's available. Go to available. the website and go to the website. Yep. Nine thousand articles, and 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 we can feed those people with information, growing their faith. Right and. Because really, it's the resources that actually do the equipping. It is. You know, yes. you, you might watch an episode of Creation Magazine live, where we're going to skim through some information, lead you to some places. But really, if you really truly want to understand these issues, you're going to have to get educated in this area. So pick right. yourselves up a, a, a you know a subscription to Creation Magazine. Get an answers book, the top sixty questions. I think answers book should just be on every Christian's. Shelf at home, it's kind of right? On the must-read list, the yeah. must-read shelf. You should yeah. just have it because yep. what about carbon dating? Can you answer the question? Get an answers book. Right. Where do the dinosaurs fit in the Bible? I mean, that, that's that's really what we're, we're we're about here. So, yeah. And if we think that the reason the resources are so important is audience retention. People forget oral presentations after three days. Studies show people retain ten percent of what they've heard from an oral presentation. Thirty-five percent if you include visuals, and or, or just a visual presentation. Sixty-five if you have both. But even, I mean, never mind about that, even if people remembered 100% of everything that a speaker <laughs> would say, you, you're, you, you still can't repeat that back to people. That's exactly it, right. It, uh, and, and how long is that 100% going to last? It's, it's going to drop down after a while. Yeah. And what's the result of this approach to ministry? Well, we'll, we'll let people explain that. We've got some testimonies here, some yeah. wonderful things. We put out our blooper reel from Genesis Unleashed, our other uh, more of a YouTube-style teaching video series we do. And uh, we got some comments uh, back. This one fellow said, It's great to see you guys having fun. You've answered so many questions that I didn't even know I had. Thank you for strengthening my walk with God. I can't wait uh, for what the next year will bring. And then somebody, of course, commented on his comment and said, yeah, same. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I would be a Christian without CMI. That, that blew me away when that came yeah. out on YouTube. It's like, wow, I mean, here's somebody crediting CMI with, uh, uh, I looked at your resources, I saw some of the stuff you had, and, and I've and absorbed it. Really it helped and my it faith. makes sense. It helped my faith. And, you know, these, this, that's just one of, of hundreds and hundreds yes, of comments yes, we get. Many. I mean, if you go on our website, you read the articles. So we let people post uh, comments of stuff. You'll see uh, things there. You know, if you're, if you're on our mailing list uh, for donors, we, we have a, a prayer news update. And, of course, we oftentimes will publish, um, you know, comments there, uh, right. the people's yeah, we'll testimonies, testimonies, things like that. So uh, we really do get a lot of feedback. And, and by the way, just so you, we clarify, you know, when the fellow said, uh, well, you know, without CMI, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a Christian. Well, we, we give the credit to God. We understand that. Yes, but from a human yes. perspective, he was just saying how, how God used that to, yeah, to really encourage God used CMI. Him. Yep. You should be feeding the hungry. Uh, that's one of the comments that we got. And it was <laughs> that an was article that was done. That was a positive one. Uh, the, the, the idea is that uh, well, well, why would anybody support CMI? I mean, the, the, the ministries we need to support are those that that, that have you know minist- missionaries walking through the jungle and, and, and to deliver the gospel to people who've right. never heard it before. And and this must be a very low priority uh, supporting CMI. You can you can look at the details actually on that article. We'll summarize it here: creation.com/hungry, right. and you can see some of the details there on that that issue see the the thing is you know why aren't you feeding the the, the, the hungry why aren't you sharing the gospel etc i mean let's think about um who's supporting our missionaries it, it, it's it's typically christians from western world countries that that's right. where the, yeah. the support is coming from we can't all go to zambia and, and build orphanages and, and and things like that but the fact is it's in the western world that the christianity is actually on the decline 
it, it, and That's it's right. being attacked yeah. in this area of origins. People are saying we can't trust the scripture because science has disproven the Bible. So actually, we're like the the the, the part of of, of Christ's body that's building up the church here in, in, in those parts of the world that are actually sending the missionaries to out. produce those missionaries. Because if you stab yeah. the heart, the whole body dies. Right. So we, we're fortifying yeah. the, you know, the, 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 that, that core, core people. There was a book by Professor Albert Brooks, uh, or Arthur Brooks rather, titled Who Really Cares? The Surprising Truth About Compassionate Conservatism. And <laughs> the, the, the conclusion seemed to surprise even the author. The idea that liberals, the, the folks who talk a lot about spreading the wealth and, and socialism and so on, uh, are they actually the ones that are donating the most? They, right. they, they talk a lot about it. Yeah. But that's not what the results show, that they lag far behind their conservative Bible-believing counterparts in terms of uh, money, their own time, even donating blood, and so on. Um, he found that just straight-out religious people tend to give much more than non-religious people, up to four times the amount. Right. But, amazing. A World Vision representative told us that the vast majority of their support comes from Bible-believing churches, even within a particular denominational split into liberal, uh, a, a denomination that would deny the full authority of Scripture, and the conservative wings. It's the conservative branch that overwhelmingly supports the physical needs of people That's right. uh, in yep. poor countries. So uh, if you want to see more information on this article, uh, Helping the Needy with Creation, uh, you can go to creation.com slash needy and, and it goes into more detail. So here's the thing. We support the church that takes a very uh, conservative view of Scripture, ha holds it in high authority. Those are the people that actually donate and give to people that feed the hungry. So the more we right. support the church yep. in that way, the more people get fed, actually. Because if you believe that the Bible is, is really, truly true, that then you realize that this life is not the end, right. and we need to do things that would store up treasures for ourselves in heaven, because there is a life to come. That's right. Uh, rather than storing up treasures on earth. Whereas if it's not trustworthy, then he who dies with the most toys wins, right? <laughs> Isn't exactly. that the perspective? Yeah. Uh, but if you trust the Bible, and that's what we're focusing on getting people to understand, that the Bible is true, right. and, and CMI and other great ministries are showing people exactly that. Right. So let's look at Matthew six nineteen uh, to 21 and uh, see what it says here. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven uh, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So we can lose treasures uh, both slowly and quickly through moth and rust, or quickly through thieves and, and ultimately death. I mean, we came into the world with nothing, and we're going to leave with nothing. Yep. So. so, I mean, you think about it, well, how do I invest? Well, invest, you know, use your talents, take your money, Invest them into places that are going to have the most bang for your buck, I guess is a simple way to say it. Yes. Think of something that you enjoy doing, a talent that you have, a skill, and think of how you can use that to build up the body of Christ, to share the gospel. Right. Remember my father-in-law years ago, he loved water skiing, and he asked his pastor, what can I do? And he said, what do you love doing? See how you can use that to share the gospel. And so he's been doing water ski camps, teaching kids <laughs> the gospel since that time. Right. Uh, Another point, we give some of our resources to others who will manage them to produce kingdom fruit. And in this way, your resources here are transferable to where they're stable. That's right. right? For example, not everyone can fly to countries where, where there's, there's no Bible colleges, no seminaries to teach pastors. Uh, for example, I, I went to uh, Siberia in, in 2003 
to do a two-week course to teach Genesis 11 to uh, Genesis 1 to 11 to Russian pastors. They, right. don't, they don't have seminaries. I did a two-week course, and after that, somebody else came over, and they would do a two-week course on hermeneutics or on Old Testament survey or something. I was grateful for the support I received to be a part of that ministry and build into those pastors. And not everyone can do that, but that, that there's people that supported me to of do course, that. that. That's great. Not everyone can build orphanages at feed or, you know, clothes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, or educate people in different countries like Zambia or p- people are dying of HIV or, or AIDS or, you know, when we financially support these organizations, obviously, um, you know, that's, that's, that's helping that's the, the whole body. That's storing treasures for ourselves in heaven. Faith Orphans Fund yeah. uh, was started in 93 by a woman named Faith in <laughs> Zambia, one of the poorest nations in the world. She started with 200 orphans. She now has about 4,000. Right. You know, that, that's, that's an, we can be a part of that. We can use our resources, what God has blessed us with. We're talking about money here, yeah. finances, to support work like that. And in the process, build up store up, lay up treasures for ourselves right. in heaven. You imagine the gratitude of the orphans, right? That yeah. are there. Yeah. And, and, and uh, anyway, that's the way we work together to, to, to share the gospel and to, and, and, you know, it's not for selfish reasons that you're doing that, storing up treasure in heaven, but as you give, the Lord says, we're going to store up treasures in heaven. Yes, it's going to happen as we build the kingdom of God. Yep. And there, it's not just these ministries that we've talked about here, but many other ministries are doing a good work. They're building right. up the kingdom of God. That's, that's how the body functions. In 1 Corinthians 12, we talked about that at the beginning a little, uh, Paul, again, talks about the human body. Beginning at verse 4, he says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Right, but then in verse 12, this teamwork approach uh, to the Christian life is compared to the, the human body. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, through many, are, are one body, so it is with Christ. If the foot shall say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Now, notice how in this verse, Paul talks about both unity and diversity. Right. Uh, there, there's unity there because we're all one in Christ, but there's diversity. We're not all clones, right? I have different skills than you. I appreciate you, the skills that you bring to, to, right. to CMI. And, and, and with, with that combined skill set, there's, there's a common purpose. There's a greater good that can be achieved there. Right. And, and so you think of that, it's the same with CMI. We're a component. We're a part uh, of the body of Christ, and we serve a specific need, right? Yes. Going on in chapter 12. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, so there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Right. So this is the model for Christian ministries to summarize, um, you know, which ministries deserve support from Christians? Support ministries with a high view of God and Scripture. That would make sense. Uh, support ministries that love the church, build up the church, and support ministries that do the work that the church uh, Christians are supposed to do. 
here's an example of a feedback that kind of demonstrates very practically some of the things that we focus on as a ministry. People write in, and uh, uh, the correspondence today really helps us understand uh, um, why we do what we do. Right. This is from a, a gal named Desi. She's 13 years old, and just a very uh, open letter to our yeah, ministry. is yeah. very interesting. She says, I'm a 13-year-old girl curious about God. Though I've always wondered who created God, and if he wasn't created by himself, then how did he create the world? Last year in my history class, Ancient History, we learned about Egyptian gods and other gods around the world, but some of their stories do, do make sense. So I wondered, were, there, were we really created by a god? Could we have slowly been brought together piece by piece by random particles and a change in the atmosphere brought those particles together and created us? Question, 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 question mark. <laughs> Another one of my curiosities is how can the Bible be true? I've read many different Bibles and some of them say things that are completely opposite than others. Please will somebody, someone help me get a better understanding. Sincerely, Desi. Yes, it's great. I mean, here, here's somebody who's just honestly asking questions. I heard this in school and wondering about it, and please help me out. Mm -hmm. Dr. Don Batten, one of our senior scientists from our Australian office, responded. He said this, Dear Desi, thanks for getting in contact, and good on you for thinking about these things. He's Australian. Yeah. I'm not going to do an Australian accent, but he, he continued this way. As my article argued, something has to be eternal. Something had to be eternal, that is, with no beginning. It cannot be the universe or anything else made of matter or energy because all matter and energy decays. You may have heard of the second law of thermodynamics. It decays over time and therefore must have had a beginning. The universe must have had a beginning. The eternal first cause must therefore be non-material, uh, uh, supernatural or spiritual, something like that. All the characteristics required for such a first cause match the Creator revealed in the Bible, so it's reasonable to believe in the one revealed there. The other gods you hear, are, uh, hear about are usually just Superman-style beings with serious flaws, and many are even mortal, so they wouldn't, have, they, they wouldn't count right. uh, in, in creating the universe. So Desi's commenting on an article that Don wrote. It yes. was in Creation Magazine. It was also on the website. So he, he's got a couple more things to say to her. Um, he said, as you learn more about the complexities of life, you'll see more and more how life must have been created by a super intelligent creator who is far superior to us in intelligence. Daily new scientific discoveries are confirming that life was created. More knowledge only strengthens the case for a creator for a little window or of understanding on some of this sea fantastic voyage. Now, and that's uh, an article that you wrote actually up on the website. Right, actually that was my first article in Creation Magazine, so I was quite proud of that. But anyway, <laughs> but that article see Don what Don did is he linked in his response to her, he linked to more articles. So Desi being the curious little gal she seems to be, <laughs> you know, she probably clicked on that link and then she she had another article. Well, in my article on the web, it's got links to, to other to resources. Other articles. So, it just goes on and on. So Desi's not a believer at this point. She, she, she gets on the website. She's starting to get that linking and feeding thing happening. Right. She, through one article that Dawn wrote, all of a sudden she's getting more and more information. Hopefully she's sharing it with yep. other friends and, and family she's, members. She's linked to us, her own initiative, yep. and we're feeding her with information. Exactly. Dawn continues. He says, the Bible? Oh, there's actually only one, written in Hebrew, a little Aramaic, and Greek. There is little doubt as to what the original writings were. There is nothing in doubt that changes the Bible's teaching. Today there are many translations and paraphrases, uh, that is loose translations, especially in English, but there is not much of a difference between the ones that are genuine attempts to convey the original meaning, like the New King James Version and the New American Standard and, and ESV and so on. 
it is important to avoid deliberately mistranslated versions, such as New World Translation, which is a Jehovah's Witness Bible, and so on. But uh, the Bibles that we have, they're, they're good examples of what was originally written, and uh, they're a great way to learn about You've been listening to the podcast version of Creation Magazine Live, produced by Creation Ministries International. With offices internationally and more scientists on staff than any Christian ministry, you can find loads of faith-supporting articles on our massive website, creation.com. Check it out.